up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael. I'm with my co-host, Tony DeSero, and our special guest DJ today is Isaac Blake, better known to the world as Ike B. Now, Ike is a radio DJ from way back, in fact, one that I used to listen to on FM radio myself back on 94.5 The Beat. So it's truly an honor and a privilege to have the legendary Ike B in the room doing what he does. Yeah, yours truly Ike be the bad boy all the way out here in Fairborn, baby. Getting ready to give you some of that funky funk, funk, funk. Uh-huh. Got my boys Tony and Dave out here. Yeah. About to have some fun. Do this little countdown like, one, say what? Two, come on, come on. One, two, three, give me that bass line. Oh, oh, you feeling that one? You feeling that one? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I gotta bring that back. That's so funky. We gotta do it again. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna bring it back. Only once. I'm not gonna bring it back too many times. Just once. Uh. For those of you out there watching right now on Facebook Live, this will be up on YouTube. It'll be up on YouTube. And yeah. Mr. Beatty. My music teacher at Dunbar High School. <laughs> passionate, yeah. The Passionate DJ Podcast. That's what we are out here. Passionate DJs. Hazel, Hazel. Just for the record, I'll save that during the next interview. This tonight is actually something very special and it's happening right here. One, uh-huh. Two, Come on, one, one two, two baseline. That shit is so funky right there. That shit is so funkin' funky. So for those of you that are watching on my Facebook Live right now, you know it's been over a couple of years since I've been on Facebook Live. Ah. This is going to be on YouTube and the Passionate DJ Podcast. Yeah, right there. Yeah, it's going to be on the Passionate DJ Podcast. We'll get you the link and everything. Something special going on right now. Yes, Hazel, it's what I love to do. I'll get back with y'all. I got to go to work, right? I'll get back with y'all. 
<laughs> Click this fucking thing off. Now, a couple of quick notes about today's show as Ike's getting warmed up. Now, as you know, we've been incorporating lots of music into the podcast lately, and the feedback on that has been pretty positive. It seems that you all like our mashups of episodes of DJ performances with interviews intermixed, especially the YouTube audience. Uh, and indeed, Ike's going to share a little bit of hip-hop with us today. However, we do want to keep our audio listeners in mind and remember that this is indeed a talk show first and foremost. So this episode will be at least 80 or 90% talking. However, don't fear if you like the music because we are still going to be posting clips and extended sets to our channel at youtube.com slash DJ. And maybe while you're listening, you can go follow us over at our Instagram page. Just follow Passionate DJ. We're trying to get to 10,000 followers. We would love to see you over there. We post cool behind-the-scenes pictures and clips and all kinds of fun stuff. So with that, let's have a chat with Ike. Ike B, the bad boy. What's going on, man? Finally. It has been too long, man. We've been talking about doing this for literally years now. Glad to be here, man. Shared the decks with you. This is awesome. So where do you want to go, man? Let's, let's, I I guess, get a little bit of your history and then how you two know each other. And then maybe we'll we'll go from there. Me and Tony. Well, okay. Actually, hang on a minute before you start because I met you... Before you knew that I met you. <laughs> Ooh, this is the pre what, what the hell? Okay, go ahead. So, it's pretty, it, you inspired me a lot. Never told you that, but. Oh, wow. So. We've been brothers this damn long, and he's just, now. okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, we've never had the really chance to sit down and just talk about this shit. So. All right. Um, one night, I'm listening to the radio. I'm driving in the car, and it was during your old school set when you first started 94.5. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in 96. the car, and I hear. What I asked you to do was Pee Wee Herman, right? Right. So when I was young, I was super young. I grew up in, in that whole era, too. I loved hip-hop. I breakdanced, right. everything. So I'm listening to the radio, and I hear all this stuff on 94.5. And I'm like, this can't be a Rick D's type of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they were pre-recorded that stuff. And I'm hearing this stuff, and I'm like, damn. And then I heard you start talking, and I picked up the phone, and I called Drew. And I was like, yo, you got to turn fucking this radio station on. This dude is killing it right now. <laughs> and then, like, that's how I got introduced to you. You oh, know wow. what I mean? And it really, like, and then that's Drew and I kind of worked our way to 94.5. We didn't finagle. We actually, <laughs> Mojo, which is the guy that you, you know, he was one of the personalities at the station. Yeah. I somehow we came across each other because he wanted somebody to do a house music mix okay. at the radio station. And Drew and okay. I came down and we were, were going to record a mix in the station and it never ended up panning out, but that was the first time I actually ever met you. Wow, but okay. listening to him on the radio station, I was just like, man, this guy is a beast, man. Like, Dude, they yeah. let us get, they, they let us, especially me, they let me get away with murder. Down. You heard it. Yeah, absolutely. They let me get away with murder down there on 94.5. And, <laughs> um, it was uh without telling too deep of secrets but uh it was 
you know, as far as the radio stuff goes, man, what happened was the reason I came out like that specifically was because of the little bit of time I spent up in New York. Okay, so after high school, I took a trip up there, a friend of mine that I met during uh, a concert, uh, it was an X-Clan concert that came here to Dayton, um, and there, there was this group of teenagers that, for some reason or another, they were from New York, and they were in Dayton. They were on a trip, they were doing some kind of, well, that's a hell of a trip from New York to Dayton, Ohio, but... Uh, after the concert, my cousin and I, my cousin Ricky, we both went down to the hotel. The X-Clan was giving a, um, a lecture after the concert and everything. I ended up staying in contact with one of the guys uh, up there in New York. And next thing you know, he was like, yo, you ever been up here? I says, nah. He's like, um, yo, why don't you take a trip on up here? He was like, you know, it's just me and my pop in a, in a brownstone in Brooklyn. I didn't know what the hell a brownstone was. Mm-hmm. He's like, you ever watch the Cosby show? You know, when they come back from the commercials and they show their house and everything. And I was like, yeah, because that's that's where I live at. He was like, I live in one of those. I was like, "Okay, cool. Decent somewhat neighborhood. You know, um, uh, there's a story within that. I uh, I heard about Biggie before he even came out. I knew I've seen Biggie walking up and down the streets before he even came out. Wow. So that was amazing to me when he came out. I was like. So like, talking like as a teenager then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Long story short, I ended up going up there and uh, walking around. Eric took me up to. Uh, we went uptown. We went to Harlem, and we were on 125th Street. So we sat down on a stoop, on a stoop of, a, of an abandoned building, and we, I just wanted to watch everything that was going on, dude. This is like two, three, four o'clock in the morning, and the city that doesn't sleep. So. What happens is um, I notice that they're listening to the radio up there, all the cars and everything. And it sound, the sound effect that it had was, to me in my head, was, uh, and it actually, it was, it was like being in an airplane hangar, one car. I'm at one end, a car on the other end, the cars blasting the music, this, just the sound effect that you would hear in an airplane hangar. That's what I got in my head. And I looked at Eric, I says, man, I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, what's going on? I says, y'all listen to the radio up here. (laughs) Y'all listen to the radio. And he's like, yeah, what y'all do down in Dayton? I says, man, look, this car would have been playing this. That car would have been playing that. This, you know, everybody would have been playing something different. I said, no, everybody's listening to the same damn radio station. Mm-hmm. And so that hints the, the sound, the effect that I got.
separate the men from the boys. Determine who's talking and who's only making noise. Nine to five grind, no street dreaming like Nas. Just provide for the family. Nothing comes before God. That was kind of one of my dreams to be on radio. Um, even as a kid, I wanted to be on the radio. Okay, fast forward to high school, I end up my counselor ends up getting, and I was already DJing on like all the dances and stuff. My voice is already decent, and I was already a DJ. My counselor in high school was just like, "Yo, you should check this radio thing out. You know, you have a good voice for radio. Okay, that's okay. There's my radio uh, education. So, um." When I ended up getting the job on the radio station, I told uh, uh, the guy that was over Mojo, my, my program director. Mm-hmm. He was the assistant program director. And he, Mojo, for some reason or another, he tried to keep me away from the program director for the longest, dude. Because <laughs> he wanted me to play the same songs like over and over. And I kept telling him, I was like, dude, that's dead. Yeah. For, especially for a mixing DJ. It has to be what the DJ is feeling. You know, you don't want to keep playing the same song. I, the, I remember he asked me to play one song twice within 30 minutes. And I was like, what? It was Nas If I Ruled the World. Okay. He was like, Ike, I need you to play that song again. I was like, I just played it. There were worse R- songs to repeat. But- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was that, of course, that was a hot song. Uh, and still is. But when he said that to me, and that's, that was the first time I got a dosage of yeah. radio. Like, okay, something's going on. Uh, yeah, I learned something called time spent listening. Are you familiar yeah. with that? Yeah, it's, CSL. Yeah. You go from A to B, you should hear one song. When you go from back from or from B back to A, you should hear that song again. I'm exactly. Like, oh, uh, yeah. It takes some and, yeah. and and so my program director, Jeff Valentine, <clears throat> he once I finally got to meet him, uh, Mojo didn't like that because he wanted to keep me under control. <laughs> Once, I mean, but I was going to eventually have to meet the guy. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. when we very, okay, so when you met Mojo, when you came down to the radio station, it we were in the penthouse of the, the Fifth Third Bank building, yeah, right? Okay. The, yeah. That's where I started as well. We eventually ended up moving over to Pine Street in the Oregon District. Okay. Which I hated because it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> Too much fun in the penthouse, but, uh, it just got to the point to where Jeff, uh, the program director, he understood. He started seeing. You know, one night he decided to stay at the studio. At this point, I had been on the air for like three or four months. Mm-hmm. And uh, he decided to stay at the studio a little later uh, that night, and he saw what I was doing. Normally, I, I didn't come on until 10 o'clock. Business hours over at 5, 5.30. Right. So he decided just to stay. He was like, I want to see what this guy is doing. Why are our ratings so high what is this guy what does ike be doing to my radio station where i mean we do we were mopping yeah, the street with the u92 and i've never been to new york and i still haven't been to new york to this day but what i've oh yeah i still have i've said and said and said if radio stations need a live dj that you know mixing mm-hmm. and i had said it for the longest time and then again and i heard that when i Get when busy, i y'all Get yeah. busy, y'all. Get, 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 get busy, y'all. I'm That's what I'm like, saying. They let, they let me do all that. Yeah. Um, it got to, it boiled down to the point to where Jeff was like, um, one day in the uh, in his office, he was just like, dude, there's no controlling what you can do. Um, there's no controlling a mix show DJ. It has to be what the DJ is feeling. Mm-hmm. And we need the listener to understand and feel that as well. 
We don't want, especially on a mixed show, we don't want, and this was, these were his words, um, paraphrasing. These were his words. He was just, um, he was very understanding. He was just like, okay, look, the day to where I knew everything was in my control is when he said to me in a, in a uh, meeting, a one-on-one meeting in his office, he called me in his office. I was scared as hell because I thought he was going to fire me before he fired me eventually. <laughs> this is like a long time before he fired me. So um, he calls me into his office and we're sitting down and everything. You want to tell me what the fuck you're doing on my radio station? Da, 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 da. And I'm sitting there like in disbelief that this is happening. Another disbel- unbelievable story. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, dude. And he was looking at this piece of paper. He says, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. But as long as you keep these ratings coming in like this, <laughs> and I grab the paper and I'm looking at it, damn near pissed on myself. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm losing. I done lost my job. He was like, "Dude, I the only thing I have to say, the only rules that I'm gonna put on you." And this let me know what he said. I, I remember this verbatim. He said to me, "Be at work on time and make sure my commercials run when they're supposed to." That's Those how are two things money. I got to do anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Saturday nights were the was the old school. Old school Saturday. And yeah. then five days a week. All the new were, stuff. Yeah, it was all new stuff. And I mean, this was no diggity, right? I remember you had that shit on white label. Like labels yeah. were sending him 12 inches. I remember this because yeah. when we came to the studio and you showed me your stacks, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like you were doubling up no diggity before no diggity even hit. At the time, I was the... Uh, resident at wallabies nightclub on wallabies first yeah. open, and i didn't even have like that, that record wasn't even on the streets yet no it wasn't no we, we actually we were weren't, weren't we djing at wallabies prior to that prior, prior to at the studio no that was i met you at the studio and then wallabies was that that's okay that's why I ended up DJing with you at Wallabies mm-hmm. because yeah, we knew yeah. each other. Okay, yeah, we yeah. We ended up okay. meeting each other. We went to Frogs. There you became Big B at the time. And <laughs> that's I hate Drew. For that. <laughs> <laughs> that is why I, I hate Drew for that, but I love Drew for that. That is the funniest that shit ever. Great. He is the, you and you and Drew are the only ones that can get away with calling me that. That shit was funny as fuck, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was man, like, was what great. the fuck? Yeah, Big, had, every time I saw Drew, Big B! <laughs> Big B! Yeah, we had, yeah, so that's many stories. That's how I met you, and then uh, we came down, we, you came up to Wallabies with us, hung out a couple times, and yeah. that's Yeah. That, I mean, those, dude, those were the days. Mm-hmm. Carrying all that, all those fucking finals. Yeah. Still keeping it funky for the Passionate DJ Podcast. Yours truly, I beat a bad boy right here. Uh huh. Let's see if you remember this beat right here. Check this one out. This is why we love hip hop as well. up passionate dj nation it is your boy mo dingo if you guys remember back to episode 213 i talked to you a little bit about the case act 
That was some language regarding copyright that was woven into the coronavirus relief bill here in the United States. As it was written, the CASE Act is designed to provide an opportunity for individuals or organizations that have had their copyright license infringed upon here in the United States. They inferred that they were only pertaining to streaming services like the bootleg stuff that you watch your UFC fights on, your UEFA football matches or your NFL football games that might get blacked out or might have a significant fee associated with that. The language that was specifically used mentioned that it was going to try and recoup losses from for-profit pirate streaming services. As I was reading this, this is where I kind of got concerned for us passionate DJs who like to do some streaming, but sometimes get those takedown notices from Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, all those social media platforms. And could this apply to us? Well, as of December 27th of 2020, this language was actually written into law. What it does is creates a board of three judges that are assigned to hear laws regarding copyright. Prior to this language being written, if someone wanted to pursue action regarding copyright, they would have to go to district court. With district court, that has like long timelines and there's a lot of costs associated with pursuing litigation. So a lot of times if it was a smaller entity, they might not be so inclined to pursue legal action because it's gonna get expensive really quick. Some specifics about damages, it caps damages at 30,000 US dollars, but also allows for recoupment of legal fees as well. Now these cases are not generated automatically. They have to be brought to the attention of the hearing board. The defendant has 60 days to acknowledge receipt of that litigation. Now, if the defendant chooses not to respond within a timely manner, that's basically saying I'm guilty and you're subject to whatever that court assigns as fines. But on the flip side, the defendant has 30 days to file for an appeal in the event it was an accident or some sort of misunderstanding. So again, where does that leave us as passionate DJs? Still don't know because it doesn't specifically mention the average streamer. It only particularly mentions those for-profit pirating services. Now as DJs, are we necessarily pirating services? We're playing other people's music. There are very few of us in this world that can make money using other people's music, but those people tend to have licenses. Again, I don't have all the answers. Could this trickle down to us? Who knows? People like to sue people, just kind of how unfortunately this world is. But hopefully if they stay with the intent of the language of going after those specific pirating sites, then we should be okay. We'd love to hear what you guys think about this topic. Is it good? Is it bad? Are you indifferent? Are you worried? Are you not worried? You know, let us know in the comment section below. As always, I love you guys. Be strong, be proud, wash your damn hands. I'm mowing them out. Yeah. This is probably a little bit more surreal for me then because like to me what's happening is like holy shit that radio voice is like in my room right now because like, <laughs> you know I hear him on the radio and then uh, the last time we actually spoke in person probably was, was I was in your studio and we were on the radio yeah so right yeah yeah it's just it's kind of awesome that we finally got you to to come back around so i've been waiting on this i, I, I mean know. shoot i mean shoot uh, uh uh you've been harassing tony tony's been harassing me and i'm just like know. yo and then when i see dude, I, I, i'm not gonna lie when i saw uh fatty i got a little jealous <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait a minute <laughs> supposed to have been there before uh, any of these motherfuckers. That's true. That's true. I was like, okay, but 
all right. It's all about time. They my boys. Yeah. We'll fuck them for that. Uh, but okay, yeah. We don't put anybody in order. Said. It's just when, when timing <laughs> yeah. is right. Yep. I did get a little sore when I saw Jesse. Uh-huh. I started laughing, but I was uh, I got a little tingle in me. Uh-huh. I was like, starts texting him like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> like, hey, hey, don't send, don't send, don't send. <laughs> it was cool, but I was just, I was just like, "Oh, they got Jesse up the door," you know. So I think you answered this already, but just uh, to circle back around, I was going to ask you: Did you start on the mic or on the tables? It sounds like turntables. Okay, so let me let me go back. I, I I don't think I did get to it. So at the age of at the ripe age of six, um, is when I started collecting records. Wow. Yeah. Um. So loving radio, man. My mom taught me how to call the radio station to ask a little six-year-old kid. Can you tell me the name of that song? Four, five, seven, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, exactly. So, uh, I would do that like like Monday through Thursday. I would do that. And then Friday morning, I would would have a notepad by the phone. And... um, so Friday morning, my mom would take that note, take that piece of paper with her to work. After work, she would go to uh, it was B and D record store up on Germantown, and she would buy all the forty fives for me. Right. So that's cool that's, that's and that happened for two years. Wow. From from six to eight years old. Wow. Okay, eight that's years old. That's a cool mom. Eight, eight years old is when I took over. I kind of <laughs> took over. So. Um, yeah, she would, uh, that's, that's the part of my record collection. I, I never show anybody my 45s. They, those, nice. those first two years of me getting into DJing mm-hmm. was, it was it for me. <clears throat> so then all of a sudden, um, what else happened was, uh, okay. So here we go. Uh, two years later, my mom takes me to a, uh, backyard party that my aunt was throwing and my cousin, t- Tony, my my big cousin Tony Anthony McGinnis, he um who's not with us anymore. He was just like my favorite cousin. He was DJing the back this the party in the backyard. All these lights and all this shit was just mind blowing to me, man. He had an, an echo machine, this big ass like rack mount echo machine that had blues and yellows and all this stuff and reds and everything. And and this was back in not only forty fives but eight track. Oh, wow. Back then, yeah, forty fives, eight tracks, uh, cassettes. I think had pretty much just come in, or were you know they were kind of like the new thing, um, and you know regular thirty threes. Okay, so I'm standing there looking at my cousin do this, and he looks down at me. He's like, "Hey," he's like, "Hey, man, you like this stuff?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Is you want to learn how to do this? I says, "Yeah." He showed me just a few things, man, uh, and obviously I just took and ran with it from there, dude. Uh, and my mom came by, you know, the backyard's full and everything. My mom came by. She's like, where's Tony at? I didn't know you were doing this. <laughs> and that was her favorite nephew. So she was like, I didn't know you were doing this. You're be- you better not mess up Tony's stuff. I said, Mom, I've been, I've been back here for almost an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like, apparently Tony trusts me. I picked up on it, you know, pretty fast and and easy and everything. So, uh, so yeah, I started collecting at six. I started DJing at eight. 
So as far as DJing now, 2021 makes it 41 years. Wow. Yeah. I'll be 49. That's a hell of a resume. Yes. Next month, I'll be 49. Thank you. God willing, I'm still here. So, uh, yeah. Uh, 41 years of DJing. Can I get a mic check? One, two. I'm in the spot. No need to ask. You know I want to. Grab the MIC and spit something nice. Drop a cold jewel for brothers that be wanting nice. And for the ladies in the joint, you know I'm glad you came. Please excuse me if I know you but forgot your name. I got a bad memory, but you remember me? You ain't the first to say we had intimacy. But anyway, good to see you again. Party started 9.30, hope to see you at 10. Can't talk to you now, cause I see you with him. But I'ma slide to the side and I'ma leave you a pen. You know what to do, just write your number And we can hook up and have a private slumber I love the way the body just moves the sound That's why brother always at the music lounge Yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy the sound Stand up and get live and just move around You are now in tune to the music lounge And that host is the brother with the groove sound So you, you stick with the 1200s, but you have a fairly modern mixer up there Yeah, so <laughs> Jazzy Jeff is my idol I know there are other DJs out there that are better than him, uh, that have come up throughout the years and everything, you know, winning the DJ battles and all that stuff. Not to me. Who doesn't love Jazzy Jeff? Jazzy Jeff is my idol. Dude, when I, uh, the first time I saw him in Fresh Prince was at Hair Arena. Uh, they came here, they were part of a big concert. Who I think um, Public Enemy was the headliner for that concert. And, uh, they're part of their performance. Um, you know, Jazzy Jeff does his tricks and everything. And dude, you're talking about, okay, this filled room in Hair Arena. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> this filled room in Hair Arena. And for some reason or another, during Jazzy Jeff's routine, I was able to tune out every last single person in that room. I was, I was just zoomed in on him. Now, keep in mind, uh, their first album was out. I mean, that's what they were performing. They were doing, you know, uh, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, uh, The Magnificent Jazzy Joe. Huh? Parents Just Don't Understand, or was that Oh, no, this was was before that. That that. That was the second album. They were were performing uh, stuff from Rock the House. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. uh, The the first album. And um, so my favorite song on that album was The Magnificent Jazzy Jeff, which showcases him. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, listening to it a lot, yeah, all the sounds and everything, and I'm, uh, you know, me being a DJ and I'm already scratching and stuff, I would walk through my high school and just in life during that time, um, I would walk through school or just walking around and I would just try to imitate, you know, move my hands, like, okay, from what I'm hearing, what would I do with my hands to make that same sound? So yeah, I used to walk around to air guitarist. Yeah, yeah, air turntable, the zipper up and down on jacket. <laughs> and I would do that when I was in my first two years of high school in Belmont. They thought I was crazy walking around with little headphones, but they really couldn't hear because I would have them have the the music kind of down yeah, yeah. enough for me to hear. But I would I would. <laughs> I'm doing this stuff. 
just walking through school during lunch break and class. It didn't matter. So when I finally got a chance to uh, see them live, that was it for me. That was it. The first time I had ever seen a pair of Technique 1200s was on the back of, no, it was, I was going to say, it was on the back of Rock the House, their first album. No, that was the second time. The first time I saw Paratechnique 1200s, uh, and I did not know what the hell they were, um, were, uh, it was on the 12-inch cover of King Cut by Word of Mouth. It was a white label. Um, the, the the sleeve was white. Had the It was what they call the disco sleeve with a hole in it. But on the sleeve... They had a, a picture, this picture's rectangle picture that showed the group, the DJ on the turntables and everything. I'm pretty sure you can dig that up on Google that or something. Yeah. And it was just a black and white picture. Okay. DJ Cheese, who's also, uh, I'm a big fan of his. He, he's the first DJ to ever win any of the DMC battles. He was, he's the first champion uh, and he's still alive to this day um so he was the first dj that i saw doing it but when jazzy jeff became my idol and i would just get that pull that album out sometimes dude and just sit there and stare at this album <laughs> like these are the turntables i gotta get these that was my goal <laughs> dude that was it and um so yeah at the concert while they were what was it um Fresh Prince, uh, Will Smith, Fresh Prince had uh, said during Jazzy Jeff's routine, he was scratching LL Cool J's uh, Rock the Bells. And he said, uh, Jazzy, he was like, make it sound like LL is talking underwater. And he did the shit on a record. I was able to tune out the whole crowd. Everybody <laughs> screaming and everything. I couldn't hear any of it. I was just zoomed in on him, and by the end of their performance, when they got off the stage, I was done. I was like, okay, I got a lot of work to do, for one. <laughs> I got a whole lot of work to do, and I was just like, I've never seen anything greater than that ever in my life. And um, I ended up getting his autograph. <laughs> I ended up getting his autograph that night. This shit was hilarious. He didn't know he was signing it for a, for a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, stay sexy, baby. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff on this piece of paper. Oh, and and my, one of my cousins was actually uh, in a rap group that was, in the, op that was uh, the opening act for the show. And when he brought it back to my cousin, was like my cousin, uh, Gerald. He was laughing his ass off when he was bringing it back because he was reading it. He was like, oh, my God. Please tell me that's, like, framed somewhere. <laughs> I had it for a long time. Dude, another thing I ended up letting go. Oh, it, I mean, it was, it was just a small little piece of paper. <laughs> and I'm doing better. By now, I mean, it would have been tattered and everything. Horrible. But, yeah, dude, that, that shit was fun. And I figured... At that point, when I looked at it and started reading it, and, my, and why, and I found out why my cousin was laughing, I said, "You know what? Fuck that. That's my idol. I'm keeping this shit." <laughs> and you guys are probably the 
third and fourth person I've ever told that story to. <laughs> Stay sexy, baby. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff. He's a good idol to say, have, man. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's good. He's real good. Yeah. So bringing that around to my original question, it – if if the S9 is good enough for Jazzy Jeff, it's good enough for you? Is that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad, my bad. So, yeah, I, oh, I saw... Oh, yeah, like, stay I got, sexy, I got, baby. I got I'm got getting throws. whatever you got. <laughs> <laughs> stay sexy with this sexy-ass mixer. So, yeah, the, the, the video... the I saw a video of Jazzy Jeff using this mixer. And... <laughs> not knowing how much it cost at the time i was i was a uh, i was I, I had a nice little job uh and one day i decided you know our guitar center here sorry guitar center our guitar center in dayton has nothing <laughs> terrible yeah nothing so i figured one day i was like well let me drive down to the one on the back side of the uh building where uh dave and busters is down in cincinnati okay so i go down there and the guy and this is how popular this mixer is so this is actually the one that was on display this mm. wasn't even brand new when i bought it oh wow not brand new did you an open box deal huh yeah i go down there on a monday and um payday was coming up they told me the price and i was just like shit <laughs> i was like okay well i got two accounts i can afford it and i was like you know i'll I'll, I'll finagle it. I'll get it home. And the guy tells me, well, we got like six of them in the back. He's like, you know, they're, they're going to be here for a while and everything. I was like, okay, cool. I'll be back down Friday. Wednesday comes. I'm, I'm like, fuck it. I want it now. Let me go down there. I get down there. The guy tells me, you're not going to believe this. No. We sold out. <laughs> I was like, what? That's the worst. I was like, I was only gone for 48 hours. It's like going to the candy store and no candy. (laughs) Yeah, the guy was like, yeah. He was like, dude. He says, when I realized what happened and you were talking about you were coming back down Friday, he was like, dude. He was like, you know, because you didn't leave a name or a number or whatever. He was like, we have people saying that all the time. But he was like, I just felt something about you. You were really serious about coming back. I was like, yeah, because, you know, we got to talking about dating guitar center. I was like, dude, they just they don't have anything. Mm-hmm. So that that was a reason for me making that trip down there. And yeah, I ended up getting the open box deal and 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 I says, Well, what about this one? And the guy's like, You sure? He was like, Everybody's been touching. I was like, I don't care. But in my head, I'm like, This is this is the mixer Jesse Jeff was using in that video. <laughs> yeah, he's got a cool rap on his. I worked with him like two was it? Three years yeah. ago, we did those two nineties fest, and he's got yeah. that, that rap on it. It's pretty dope. Yeah, and I was just like, I don't care, dude. I want it. Got it home. Well, the, here's a, another funny part to that story. So I get it in the truck, and I'm driving back up seventy five. I'm coming back home, and, I, and I've never spent this amount of money on any piece of equipment. Not one piece of equipment. Just that amount of money, and I, I'm driving home. I'm like, the fuck did you do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, financially, I was okay. I was going, I you know, took that hit for a little while, but I was still like, "What the fuck?" Still hurt a little bit. Yeah, hurt I was the like, wallet. What the fuck did you just? You just, <laughs> you just bought a decent used car in your back seat. <laughs> you just invested in yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, I was so gone. I had to stop at the, um, <laughs> stopped at the uh, Red Lobster behind Dayton Mall, and I started drinking. 
went to, that was the first time I went to Red Lobster and didn't even order anything to eat. So you spent that much on a mixer, then you spent another, what, 40 on drinks? Uh, pro- like probably. Like, probably. Pile it on. Fuck it. I'm sitting at the, at the bar looking but if like... You, if you use the same tables for, like, you know, decades, then you can you can splurge a little yeah. on a mixer, you know. I figured to myself, you know, I was like, oh, shit, I'll... I'll yeah, I'll be all right. Man. So I assume you already you're already a Serato guy than before you uh, had last night. That time, yes, I was. Yes, I was. I have I had the uh, the box the the three. The yeah, three? yeah, the the, yeah. With the interface and everything. I had the three um, spare change. Was the one who had to help me figure this out. The mixer. Yeah, I do it. I got home. I figured, okay, it says Serato on it, but that just I'm and I'm thinking, well. It's got Serato. It says Serato on it. I didn't know it was inside the fucking thing. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out why is this not working with my interface and all that oh, shit. Oh, you're trying to plug that into your interface? And then yeah. Inter- <laughs> I didn't read I the mean, manual for make- shit. <laughs> I didn't read the fucking manual for shit. Still have it. Well, you well, can just to it than just plugging it in? Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's so expensive. So, yeah. So I was like one day on my day off. I said to myself, I was like, fuck this. I'm taking this to somebody who's got to know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I went over to Spare's house. I took it. I told Spare that shit. He starts cracking up. He says, dude, you didn't read the manual. <laughs> I says, no. He says, it says Serato on it. Like, I was like, yeah, so it's, prepared, it's ready for Serato. He says, no, there's Serato inside the fucking picture. <laughs> he says, you don't need the interface anymore. I'm like, holy shit. I says, dude, I was excited. I got the mixer Jesse Jeff is using. I'm um, I'm cool. So so, was uh, that, so after knowing that, were you cool with the mixer and the cost of it? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't cool with the fact that the laptop that I had didn't work with the motherfucker. So I had to spend another eight hundred and something on this laptop right here, which pissed me off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was I was more mad at that than anything. I was like, I already got a laptop. Why is this not working? He was like. Spare was like, yeah, dude. He was like, the the it doesn't um, reach the span. And it was a Mac. It was a 17 inch Mac. This is a 15, but it was a 17 inch. I wanted that big ass screen. Right. If I could get a laptop that size, I would have fucking used it. Just bring the 27 inch iMac. So I was like, shit. Okay. He was like, yeah, dude. You got to get a another laptop, and it's got to have these specs and and all that stuff and so i just i went online that night and i just splurged i was like fuck it i don't spent all this money on this mixer i gotta do something you know i gotta do something to use it now they've got the s11 and the s7 that I just do. came I'm out good. i'm good with this yeah i know uh, uh jazzy jeff is actually using the the new obviously the newer models and everything and i would love to get to that status to where they're just sending me <laughs> free shit <laughs> I think I'm on the way. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm yeah. on the way. Some DJs are, some DJs are, some DJs are even. But here's a little something about my DJ. Jazzy Jeff. So bust his beat.
couldn't do it alone. I need a DJ like that to back me up. So when I'm rocking all the mics on the cross, they cut. Scratching and mixing, mixing and scratching. Second after second, it's the record he's catching. His hands are so fast that it's a medical riddle with the turntable split and the mixer in the middle. Some good vibes. All the way. Yes. I'm trying. Shout out to Good Vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, I mean, since you went ahead and said it. Right, right. Yeah. Big shout out to my, my teacher, my sensei, my Mr. Miyagi, Eric Shearer, a.k.a. DJ EX Chill. That is uh, my big brother. Met him uh, some years ago. So taking it from there, why, this is a pretty general question, mm-hmm. but why are you passionate about DJing? Like, what, what does it for you? What do you like about it? It frees me, man. Um, I, I don't like to use the word suffer, but I have uh, depression and I have, um, uh, I, you know, uh, what's that? High anxiety, panic attacks every now and again or whatever. Uh, music has just always calmed me. Even before I got, you know, to the age where I started being uh, diagnosed with all that. Uh, when I was a kid, it was just listening to music, man. I, I couldn't get enough of music. Music, music, music. Um, when I would go to bed at night, this is very true. When I would go to bed at night, I had a little radio. You know, bedtime, time to go to bed, 9 o'clock. Uh, I would put this little radio up under my pillow. And that was my way of still listening to music. In order to, that's, that's what. I did the same thing. Yeah. I was probably listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> damn, Dave. <laughs> Make me feel ancient, no, I was, why I, don't I you? I was like a teenager. <laughs> he said I was probably he still had to hide the radio under his pillow. <laughs> <now. laughs> right. That's bad. I'm talking grade school here. I was like in the kindergarten of first, second, and third grade when I did that. He's talking teenage years. <laughs> had to get that in. Yeah. I got to sneak and listen to IB. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, man, that was... um. So the DJ aspect of it. The DJ aspect of it was um, when I was in the fourth grade, I used to go down to Skateland downtown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're... Yeah, we I, know, couple, I know Dave's not old enough to remember. We threw a couple raves in the... Are you talking about the Roller Dome? No. Skateland. It used to be... Okay, you know where um, where uh, Dayton Public Schools system is, the downtown? It's right there. It's on the corner of Ludlow, and it's like... Two blocks away from Sinclair. Oh, okay, okay. No. Uh, it's on the corner of Ludlow and 4th Street. Okay, behind that building, now there's a parking lot back there, but there used to be a two-story building down there a long time ago. You can Google that, uh, Skateland, downtown Dayton. Yeah, it was a two-story building, and up on the second floor was Skateland. There was a skating rink up there. And it was like one of the most dangerous places to go. Uh, but, you know, it, it got to the point to where uh, you could get your shoes stolen, everything, uh, beat up going up and down, the st- coming down the stairs and stuff like that, dude. It was it was crazy. But we had a lot of fun. And their DJ there, um, I mean, he was he was set up on the stage to where the, the no, none of the speakers were blocking you know the the line of sight for him mm-hmm. and uh just when i didn't want to go around in the skating rink and probably get pushed or knocked down or something i would just stand on the side and just watch this guy and it was it was skating music but he was still doing it and i was just like wow and somehow some way i was able to uh 
start hanging out up there and everything. Um, just like my cousin, uh, the guy was like, you like this, man? And then, uh, you know, now I'm in the fourth grade. I'm a little older now. And I would go down there and I'd just hang out and I'd just stand there and watch him. Was, this was, is pretty great because skating rinks have been a recurring theme. I was just getting ready to say that show. a lot of DJs. Yeah, dude. And then once you get out of the skating rink, you glue yourself to every DJ at that age. You know, your your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you glue yourself to every... I glued myself to the Beaverview Skating Rink DJ and then Kino. Wow. So that's like, okay. same thing, skating rink and then gluing yourself to every DJ that you see. Like That's cool. Yeah. Now here we are, star for the Sasparella. I'm the Donizetti on the Vanwick Express. We got the Emporio and the Vino Judge for the Keeper. Hey, yes, he be the cheaper. cheaper. Hey, yes, I be the sweeter. sweeter. So give me Sega Sega, and we can get Rodiki. The seventh heaven cloud is for my Kofi and Ashiki. So you see me on the upper, but it's always the lower. lower. We make it Hollywood, cause Hollywood's taking over. And yes, yes, you, you, to the beat end. Scores like 10 on my IQ chest. They fly with the vines, so I'm so funky fresh. I rock to the E, slow to the West Max Julian, number one draft pick. A finger to the rest. Here we go for the next. It's like that super fat, catch a heart attack. The smoke the shoe, we do it with the blackness stab jet. We should mention Wu Tang Wednesdays because that like images from Wu Tang Wednesdays have gone <laughs> viral and some of our yeah. audience has probably seen that. That that's the show that yeah. that's that's the it, was it Jizza? That posted, that reposted the. Uh, it was Jizza and Jizza reposted, and um, I think it was uh, uh, Inspector Deck also. So two of the members from Wu Tang Clan retweeted it when Gus had uh, posted it on Twitter, and Gus sends me text like, "Dude, you're not gonna fucking believe this shit! Ike, look what the fuck happened! And got it." Fucking Jizza, the head of Voltron, just retweeted my post and shit like that. I was like, damn, the Black Lion did this shit? I'm like, okay. Yeah, I was like, wow. I didn't know the, I didn't understand the, I'm not on Twitter. So I didn't understand the magnitude of, uh, you know, to where I knew it was big. What is Wu-Tang Wednesday? Wu-Tang Wednesday is just, um, not necessarily now. Uh, well, when we were doing it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it started out as just Wu-Tang Clan music. Um, but at the end of the first night that I DJed there, and you know, Alvin was the one who got me the gig. Shout out Dre. Yes. Yeah, Dre was the one. Dre was the one that got me the gig. Um, after I met you all, after you all had come out there to Wright State. Okay, yeah. So yeah. what happened was, you know, we're friends on Facebook now. And then I saw a post that uh, Dre put up, and I was like, "Wu Tang Wednesday? What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I was just at my at home at my computer, and so I sent him a private message. I'm like, "Yo, what is this Wu Tang Wednesday shit?" He's like, "Yeah, a couple of friends of mine own this bar downtown. Da, 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 da. They do this on Wednesdays and else." So I, I sent him a text back like, "Yo, do they have a DJ?" He's like, "No." Let's just get a hold of them, ask them if they would like you know to work out something about being a DJ there. In about three minutes, he sends me a text back talking about, yeah, dude, my boy's name is Gus. Send him a friend's request <laughs> on Facebook. He knows about you. Uh, uh, I hyped you up a little bit to him and everything. Da, 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 da. Get in contact with Gus. I'm down there the very next day. Him him and Sarah are down there. Yeah, and speed racer? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, dude, I wanted this bad. I was like, a beer bar 
that's playing hip hop and they're accepting it like that so when i went down there you know the the music's playing and, the, and i was like so you guys have never had a dj in here he's like no so sarah was like well let's promote it for let's do this let's promote it for 30 days and then we're going to go ahead and start bam instantly it, everything hits okay yeah it took a little bit of the whole rizza thing took a little bit of time but uh not long <laughs> not long at all it was uh it was amazing when gus sent me that text i was just like oh that's crazy so it evolved from from wu-tang clan only to like 90s the, f- the first night the first hip-hop. night that i dj'd i noticed something and thank god it, it only took one night so that wednesday when i dj'd um the whole entire time from so it was from six to ten so 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 from six to nine i'm playing nothing but wu-tang wu-tang affiliates yada 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 even i started getting a little <sighs> so nine o'clock i start throwing in some tribe some de La, you know some some good golden era hip-hop mm-hmm. you know p rock seal smooth i noticed the vibe in the room changed instantly so at the end of the night when I'm tearing down and they're closing and everything, Gus and I are talking and I says, dude, did you, is it me or did you notice the vibe change at nine o'clock when I started playing that other shit? He was like, I thought I was the only one that fit, that saw that. I says, no, dude. I was like, the vibe really changed. So I was, I was still playing some Wu-Tang stuff. I would play, you know three, four, five songs of something else, go back to some Wu. Three, yeah. four songs, something else, go back to some Wu. So Wu-Tang becomes like the glue that holds it together yes. rather than this like exclusive yes. thing. So I was like, okay, I'm glad it only took us three hours to figure out what we're going to do. <laughs> I was like, but dude, that's the formula. That's what's going to make this really jump off is playing a lot of other stuff as well. So he Benefit was like, to crowd reading. Yeah, he, he was like, he says, I'm all for it. I'm all for you. He was like, dude, do it next Wednesday. Just fucking go off. Awesome. Nice. Do the shit. So, yeah, that's how that happened. Next thing I know, fucking my Paisan pops up down there. <laughs> hey, Ike. <laughs> my Fratello pops up down there. Yeah, I know some of the words. Hey, hey, hey Ike. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, Tony's popped up down there. We've had some famous people. A uh, couple of my... Friends had to point out some NFL players that popped up down there. I didn't even know who they were. A uh, buddy of mine came in and was like, yeah, that dude plays for the fucking Ravens. This <laughs> motherfucker over here plays for Kansas City. I'm like, where are they coming from? <laughs> who are these people? Who do they know? So I was just like, wow. Next thing you know, some, uh, some well-known, always advertising on tv attorneys are popping up shout out michael wright um <laughs> he pops up down there uh a lot of doctors uh other attorneys are popping i mean dude it, it got phenomenal it was like wow where's this where are these people coming from some teachers i saw a couple of my uh, um hell my um my old junior high school history teacher mr were- george Baylog. There was like no, it, I went once or twice and there's no like definable demographic. No. There. It's just. No. Gu, Gu, me and Gus did point out some, we, we realized something one day and it, it, the shit was hilarious. Gus, 
<laughs> I didn't want to say it, but Gus said to me one night after we were closing up, he says, dude, do you notice that it's a lot of old white people that are hanging out that are hanging out for Wu Tang Wednesday? I just dropped my head. I thought Wu Tang was for the children. I was like, oh my God. I said, I never wanted to say it. But I said I told him I was like, But well, you're a white guy, you said it, it's your spot. I was like, Yeah, dude. I was like, I'm noticing this shit. And the, 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 it's it's amazing. Where the fuck are all these old people coming from? <laughs> my mom pops up down there. My mother pops up everywhere that I, where I'm DJing at sometimes. So, um, yeah, dude. I mean, the no, there is no special demographic except for uh, it's not a um, mumble rap crowd. It's definitely not a mumble rap crowd. <laughs> Which suits your taste, I assume. Based on some posts no, and rants no, that I've no, seen. No, stop, Dave. <laughs> Dave, stop. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 Skirt, skirt. Wouldn't that, that fucking become. Look, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to mess up your podcast. Uh, what is Keeping It 1200? I want to make sure we get we talk about that. Okay. Keeping It 1200 is a company that I am affiliated with. I work for. I work for. You're like a brand ambassador. Yeah. Kind of wear the kinda. stuff. Thanks. That's, that's, yeah, you just that's, wear a, good, that's a good title, Tony. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a company that's um, pretty much dedicated to, but not specifically. It's, it's, it's about the turntable. The, basically, the, the turntable that we all like love to use without using the name for getting sued <laughs> right right mm-hmm. you can't so so this is like a like a preserving the art uh, type pretty of- much uh djs that love using the turntables i mean we understand that technology changes every five ten seconds things change there are more uh, more ways of playing music than uh, or djing than just the turntable but uh we love turntables i mean if if there's you know, people out there that love using controllers and uh, keeping it controller. You know, they <laughs> come up with keeping it the controller. I mean, there's no problem with that. Um, but it was a company when I saw it uh, out there. Uh, I like this. Uh, I once I got the understanding of it, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." And yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, within that, once I uh, once I received my go ahead um stickers i guess to go ahead and start talking about it or whatever i reached out to a good friend of mine uh up in new york that i've been very good friends with for for years uh dj mr sinister who used to dj for common and yeah so when you hear the song resurrection uh, uh he's also a dj for the beat nuts uh whew. uh he's part of one of the three top DJ crews on the planet. He's one of the members of the Executioners. Oh, nice. Jeez. And, That's a resume. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I met him actually out at Wright State about uh, a year or two before, prior to me getting on 94.5. Uh, when I was DJing out there back then, a couple of friends of mine, had a, they were students out there. They had a radio show. They wanted me to come out and start DJing. Every Tuesday I was doing that. Next thing you know, some um, some uh, organization on campus brought a concert 
to Wright State. Uh, and it wasn't at Nutter Center. I don't even think Nutter Center was built yet. It wasn't even built yet. Though. No. Mm-mm. No. So um, they bought Common. So I knew Sinister was Common's DJ, but I didn't know he was going to be there. So I'm DJing the show, you know, people coming in. I'm playing the music and everything. Sinister DJ Mr. Sinister comes walking up on stage. I almost pissed on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Ow!" He was like, "Yo, my man." He was like, uh, "I'm Commons DJ." I was like, "I know who the fuck you are. <laughs> like, you're one of my idols, dude. One of the people, DJs I look up to." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fucking freaking." And um, yeah, I mean, we we became friends that night, exchanged phone numbers, remained friends to this very day. Nice. You know, so as a matter of fact, I just spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. Um, we we talk a lot, though. You know, I know it's been a couple of weeks now, but we talk a lot. Uh, communicate on, on social media, like, all the damn time. Uh, that's how we're able to stay in touch with each other. Uh, texting, uh, he'll just call out the blue. Um, and, yeah, man. Uh, you reached so out I re- to him? I reached out to him. Yeah, I got, I got a little sidetracked. So I reached out to him, and I told him what was going on. And he loved the idea as soon as I told him. He was like, dude, I love that. I was like, well, they're working on the logo right now. I was like, but once everything gets done, uh, whatever the logo is, I'll, I'll send it to you. Once I explained everything to him, he was all in. So I don't know how much you're allowed or willing to talk about yet, but I mean, is there anything we can plug yet? Is there merch or is there going to be? Uh, oh yeah, you can go to the website. I was told I can I can mention the website. The Absolutely. owner told me that I can mention the website. Uh, go to www dot keeping it twelve hundred. That's K E E P I N, no G, K E E P I N I T. The number twelve hundred one two zero zero dot com. Go to the website right now. They're still putting stuff up on the website right now. So uh, they have uh, t-shirts, baseball hats, and uh, they just recently put bags up there. Okay. So uh, uh, laptops and duffel bags and awesome. stuff like that. You need some slip mats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been talking about that. Yeah, yeah. We've definitely been talking about that. So uh, I mean, stop making suggestions before I blow up a spot. <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking about that. So I mean, no, it's dude. We uh, uh, the jackets. I don't know if you've seen the jackets. Um, the jackets are amazing. The, the the logos on the back. You can get your name on it. You know, get it personalized if you want to. Obviously, nice. that's going to be an extra charge. But uh, the jackets come, uh, just the common jacket is just the, the big logo on the back and also like on one either side of the chest, and that's that. Now, if you want it personalized, you want to get um, your DJ name and, you know, and or your city where you're from or country or whatever. The owner says to me they think that's going to be a pretty big thing because in our world of DJing, we are very vain. We want people to know who we are. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm DJ such and such. I, you know, I'm this good. Da, 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 da. You didn't. You weren't like that coming up, Tony. I Tony's hide. like, turn the lights Never. off. I turn the lights off. I hide. Never. Nope. <laughs> I don't believe that. Um, Not completely, but we. I mean, we never went to like. Yo, I'm DJ Dad Jedi. No. Nah, I never. But like, so you would wear nothing that has your name on it. Uh, Thank you. What do you mean? I'm my last name. 
No, I'm talking about your DJ name. No. You wouldn't do that? I mean, that's my first and last name now, so sure I would. <laughs> <laughs> I just wouldn't put the word DJ is. in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, well, that's like I, like I didn't want to go by. No, I've always been the, the humble guy, like turn the lights off, keep me in a dark corner. Okay. I mean, but. Uh, but most, but he, I see what you're saying. Most yeah, DJs. Uh, are, uh, yeah. Most DJs want you to, if they're, I mean, even if they're garbage. Yeah. They still want you to know who they are. I mean, well, eighty percent of it's marketing yourself. I was gonna say, mm-hmm. especially now in, in the social media climate and everything, like anything where a camera can catch your name. Exactly. You know, we've got the Passion DJ Podcast logo back there for a reason. You know, because of pointing the camera around. Yes. So, so yeah, a giant Ike B behind. Your head, <laughs> thank you. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's dope as well. I was I love that when I walked. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. Uh, I got one last question, and that's uh, what do you miss? And you, you can answer this he- kind of however you want, but what do you miss about uh, radio DJing from back then? <sighs> Breaking all that new music. The, the old school stuff was easy. Easy. Because, I mean, we grew up listening to this shit. Uh, and to just go to my crates that I had, or those big tubs, that weren't crates, big tubs of plastic tubs of records that I had digging out all the old school stuff uh, I mean it, it, dude, there's so many dynamics with that but breaking all the new stuff was uh, fun the most fun to me because the record labels now all of a sudden I don't have to go buy any records anymore <laughs> uh, you know I'll think of all that extra money in my pocket now to where weekly I was I was spending three four hundred dollars on records yeah uh, and not even thinking about it. But you miss being the selector or the, the person yeah. that, that introduces somebody to something new or something oh, yeah. old even. Oh, yeah. Um, with all the freedom that they gave me, dude, it was just so much fun. Radio now is, and I get it, you know, it's gotten so corporate and people, the way people feel about it now, I feel the same way about it. I don't listen to radio either. Right now in my truck, I, I put some music on one of my flash drives. And I'll just put my flash drive in my in my stereo. I don't listen to radio. And I figured that the little arrogant part about me is, hell, if I can't hear anything good, I'm not going to listen to it. Yes. I'm a good radio DJ. <laughs> I'm not on the air. I'm not going to listen to radio. You got the voice. You got the skills. So, Absolutely. Um, it, it was the, the fun talking to the record label reps every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, yeah, man, we can, I can send you this. And da, 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 da. Uh, some of them um from especially up in new york some of the record label reps that would call me all the time dude you're in fucking no place ohio how are they letting you do all this 97 i was the only dj in this region of the country to at least i know in the midwest to play the entire wu-tang forever album (laughs) from beginning to end they sent me a radio edit version album and this will do. Yeah. So I, I told um, yeah. I told my program director Jeff, my boss, I was like, "Yo, the biggest hip hop album to come out is about to drop, and the most anticipated hip hop album is about to drop." And I was like, "The fucking record label just sent me a clean edit version." I was like, "I want to do a listening party live on the air." It got. That got so phenomenal, and this has to do with radio, like you asked me, but that got so phenomenal that we ended up having to, we got with, um, what was a CD connection out there in Huber. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a midnight sale because I, because I was doing this on the air. 
keep in mind my show was from 10 to 3 yeah yeah <laughs> so like for a couple of weeks i had been talking about it on the air like yo i got something big coming up those all you wu-tang fans have been waiting on the wu-tang the next wu-tang album uh on this such and such a day we'll be playing now keep in mind this is prior to burning cds so I was like, you better get your tapes. I'm literally saying you better get your cassette tapes. Get cassette tapes. Go get your tapes now. Uh, a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing this. And uh, uh, it drops on this night, so we're going to be doing it on. It drops on a Saturday, so we're going to be doing it Friday night, Saturday morning, 10 to 3 time. Dude, I literally played the whole entire album on the air. And my program, my boss was just like, dude, we've never done anything like that before. A whole, the skits and everything. Yeah, uh, radio, it's a lot of fun, man. It was some some ups and downs, but uh, would I do it again? Uh, (laughs) Hell yeah, you would. Hell the fuck yeah, I would. (laughs) If if, if, If I could have the freedom that I did back then, oh yeah. Well, like I hope that uh, the podcast format that we have here at least gave you a little bit of that freedom, a little bit of that oh, of feeling course. where you can get back. I know it's not exactly the same as live radio, but uh, we really appreciate what you do and, and your radio voice and your knowledge and well, the music you that you much, have Dave. to share, man. I appreciate it very much, Dave. Thanks. I, I hope that this episode was Ike be approved. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, you pay, you watch you watch me on Facebook, don't you? <laughs> so anything, yeah. Is there anything else you want to plug before we send out? Um, you and Tony for having me out here, man, and oh. and the and the podcast and everything. Yeah, all the, right, the, man, the passionate man. DJ podcast. I want to plug you all, dude. I, I I love this. This is uh this was a lot of fun. Uh, and when you guys are ready to do something again. Oh well, yeah, let's we'll have it. you back, and maybe you'll have that jacket next time. We can oh, definitely. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure I will. <laughs> nice. I'm pretty sure I will. Ike B, the bad boy. Thanks so much for being on the Passionate DJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and keep on spinning. Peace. Something kind of jazzy. We love having a proper radio DJ on because it's like <laughs> autopilot. We just let you go. Another Jazzy Jeff kind of, uh, no, not kind of track. This is a Jazzy Jeff track. Thank you, Passion to DJ.